you're listening to the podcast edition of One Love, One Planet. I'm very pleased to say um, I'm going to be talking to Diana about Bristol Pay and lots of other interesting stuff. So, Diana, first of all, um, Bristol Pay is the successor to the Bristol Pound. Is that right? Would you like to explain to people um, what that was all about, just by way of a sort of mini introduction to Bristol Pay? Certainly. So the Bristol Pound was a currency which um, was launched in 2012 and ran for about nine years. And the aim of it was to increase localization of our local economy. So through it, people could buy the local currency or load it onto their digital Bristol Pound account and only spend it with participating businesses. And those participating businesses had to be local independent businesses. And meanwhile, because it was a currency, those businesses were encouraged to spend that on within their own supply chains. Um, and you know, broadly speaking, I think it was very successful, both in terms of shining a light on Bristol. I mean, it, it really got worldwide acclaim, um, but also in terms of raising awareness of that need to think about uh, our reliance on a global economic system, uh, what that means, both in terms of resilience for communities, but also in terms of things like food miles, you know, transportation generally. Um, and when we look at the statistics from the Bristol Pound, we can see that local trading loops did start to emerge, particularly in the food sector. So I think we can be very proud of, of what the Bristol Pound achieved. Do you think if it hadn't had to stop, those, those connections would have started to grow? Had it not just reached critical mass? What do you think? Um, I think so. But I mean, I, I guess that is the, the big question, isn't it? Why did it not continue to grow and scale um, such that it could continue and you know, operate on a kind of break-even level rather than be grant-reliant? Do you have any ideas and about that? Yes. Um, partly it's by design. It was designed uh, around local people, local businesses, and there is a limit to how much, therefore, of the economy we were, we were ever going to really trap within it. Um, and so the nature of keeping it small made it very difficult to make it break even because on the whole, to break even financially, things which rely on payments rely on volume um, because the margins are are tiny. Well, we, we just weren't making margins at all at the, at the tiny level that we were operating. I mean, to, to, when I say tiny, this was huge for a local currency, by far the biggest local currency in the UK, one of the biggest in the world. Um, and um, But if you look at it in terms of a percentage of Bristolians taking part, well, you're probably talking about half a percent who actually Gosh. joined up. Well, I tell you, two of them were in the studio with me the day that I um, sort of, uh, not broke the news, but that was one of my news stories about the Bristol Pound. And I was in the studio with Pat and Jack on The Breakfast Show, and they were both really sorry. I was really struck by the intensity of their reaction. <laughs> really sorry. And they were both also saying, I've got Bristol Pounds at home, mm. and what am I going to do with them now? And maybe they're on the M-Shed wall now. Well, they, what, they might well be. <laughs> yes, because they, they were, became part of an exhibition, didn't they? The, 
Yes, well, we were thinking we, we had a lot of uh, unused notes left over and we put a call out to many of the artists who had helped us design the notes initially and we asked, you know, what could we do with these notes that both marks the end of this and destroys the notes but also uh, is, is in the spirit of, of um, that that inquiry, that curiosity around how we, how we can change our economic system to be more... Um, well, less damaging to people and planet, let's say, mm. um, more regenerative. Mm. Um, yeah. And and so, yes, I spent um, from about January to March this year making up lesson resources and taking notes around to, to schools. Um, then the children spent a few months cutting them into fish shapes, and then I spent a, a bit of time uh, collecting them all up, and, and then we, we got busy with glue guns. And uh, yeah, the result is a really fantastic display at M-Shed, which I think you've got until mid-October to go and right. see. That's good to know. I was wondering when, how long we had to go and see it. It's part of the Think... Think... Lo- uh, sorry, th- no, I'm going to yes. get it wrong now. <laughs> think local... Act, act no, think, br- act, act, think global, act local. Is act that right? Bristol. Oh, act Bristol. Yes, sorry. we'll get it right eventually. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Okay, so um, so what what are you doing now? What's Bristol Pay all about? Well, I started to think um, around the middle of 2019 when it, it really was. I I got the job in 2018, and I, maybe it's worth saying at that point there had already been two years of decline really in the Bristol pound, and so my job was: um, you know, can you fix it? Uh, and if not, what else can we do? And so it took me a year to kind of really understand what some of the problems were. And I, I don't think today is the, the, you know, the right time to, to be so backward focused in, our, in what we're thinking. But suffice it to say that by about 2019, I was thinking, no, what I've got to think about is what comes next. Mm-hmm. And it seemed to me that, uh, okay, we tried out the localization thing and that, that had its problems in terms of growing it to a scale. But it seemed to me that there were plenty of other problems that were still uh, existent in our, in our economic system and that therefore there were plenty of experiments that we could be doing to see how we could shift our economic system. And so the ideas for Bristol Pay, <clears throat> well, I guess they were based on some learnings. You know, one was it had to be easier to talk about and to get people interested in. I think Bristol Pound, you know, we sort of said you have to understand all this stuff about local economics and carbon and um, resilience. And then if you get all that, then you can join Bristol Pound and carry on being extremely woke and thoughtful about the economy. But if you don't get any of that stuff, if that, makes, if that means nothing to you, which you know, for most people, it's like, do you know most what? People I've got, don't have time. I've got to bigger things about, to worry yeah, about. I've yeah. got to go, you know, I've got to get mm. Tesco's, I've got to feed the kids, I've got to get everyone to school on time. Mm. Um, you know, and you're wanting me to think about what and go to the butcher and the baker and the candlestick maker and, and spend twice as much money as I would at Tesco's. You know, it, it just wasn't an easy thing for most people to get engaged with. Um, and so, one, we thought, okay, it's got to be easy for people to get hold of. It has to create um, impacts at scale. It has to have mass involvement. It has to be easy and fun to engage with. It has to not make life more difficult for people. And so those were our guiding principles. Mm-hmm. And quickly, what we, where we got to was that to try and do all of that with just one product, was quite difficult. And so we ended up 
really feeling that this needed to be split into two things that that are both necessary to deliver the overall goals, right. where one bit is very much about how do we meet people in their current space, you know, in the current economy, in Tesco's, um, and make sense to people within the current economic paradigm, but also have take people on an experiential learning journey where they can start to think about value in a completely different way. And so we had both of those aspects that basically form the design of Bristol Pay. And it's worth saying that I've been trying to get the funding for Bristol Pay for a couple of years now, plus, maybe nearly three, and it's it's not easy to fund this. So we're talking you know, positively today about what Bristol Pay hopefully will be. Mm. But at the moment, I have to say... Um, things are looking grim. It's very difficult to get ideas like this funded because the main people with money are people who have made that money and who are reliant on the current economic system. Mm. Turkeys don't vote for Christmas. There's a lack of mm, desire to invest money in something that could radically change the current economic paradigm. Yes, and one thing that we haven't yet mentioned that may make that clearer how in a way they're threatened is the closing the loop which is talked about on your on the website Bristol Pay website could you explain what that means well that's yes I mean that that in a way is the the um current you know it's the easy to get bit which meets people hopefully where they currently are and the idea is to have a closed loop payment system um at the moment when you go to a supermarket or something, you use your phone or your card um, and you put it on a, some kind of little box by the till. Um, and what happens is the money magically leaves your account, which might be, I don't know, it might be HSBC or it might be Lloyd's or whatever. And, it might, and then it ends up in the trader's account, which might be a completely different account, a uh, completely different bank. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole load of third party operators from Visa, MasterCard to the uh, whoever has um, provided the little black box by the till that you're tapping, um, a whole panoply of service providers. And the merchant pays a charge for the transaction and that goes to pay for all of those third parties. That's called an open loop system because it's going from any old bank that I have to any old trader account that they have uh, and there's this bridge between the two. If instead we have a closed loop system where my account is on the exact same platform as the trader's account, we don't need all those third Mm. parties. And so the cost of the transaction is, is basically zero. And by charging a similar, slightly lower amount to the, so it still is in the interest of the merchants to take this, we could be raising, well, I'll tell you the maths. Um, so in terms of the scale of transaction charges lost to a city the size of Bristol over a year, we're talking about £60 million. That's so much money. It's so much money, That's right? Huge. If we manage to get 10% of Bristolians using a platform like Bristol mm. Pay, um, and, you know, it's not going to cost us a whole load of money to run that platform. We, we could be raising millions for the local voluntary sector, you know, to, to run, I don't know, after school clubs and um, social yeah. things. You know, and there's your, there's your two things coming together immediately, isn't it? If you, if you buy something 
And if somehow you discover that having just bought that thing with Bristol Pay, you have paid a tiny little amount into a fund that will go towards X, some well, community project, whatever, that yes. will make you feel good. And we, we was well, we were building into this... Um the idea that, that members can then vote on how the bits of money that they so are raising. like those raising. blue coin boxes in the supermarkets yes, where you exactly. drop your blue coin in. Exactly it's that, the, yeah. It's the equivalent of that. Yes, but all within the app. So um, so that's very much the, the kind of the easy to get bit. And, and when we did some market research with traders, the traders said, yeah, I would, you know, we asked them, would you rather have the cheapest, cheapest form of digital payment? Or would you rather have another form of digital payment that you can offer that enables you to say, we're accepting this because we care about the local voluntary services that help our communities? They all said, we would like to have the one that gives us that we care. And that as well, it's not just the local independent traders that said that. Um, the bigger chains that we spoke Amazing. to said the same thing because, of course, they're, they're really trying to make out that they are helping Bristol or, you know, um, and they find it quite difficult to get that across. So having this payment method would help them evidence their social value to Bristol. And, of course, we asked people and you know, people that would be consumers, if you like, and and, uh, and people saying, yeah, no, I get that. It's sort of like giving to charity, but for free. Mm. You know, at the moment, often you can say, oh, I'll add on 5p for such and such a charity mm. when you come to pay. Um, it's sort of like that, Fantastic. but it's free. Yes, You're not adding absolutely. on 5p. It's, it's coming out of the transaction charge. Because the money that would have gone to pay all those third parties is now not, but going towards... Fantastic. The other thing I always thought about um, the Bristol Pound is that... Um, was it purely cash? So it wasn't no, there was, there was digital so was, money as well. It was digital. Yep. Okay, right, I didn't realise. But the right. digital bit was a bit clunky, let's, let's right. say. Okay. Um, it was. Um, it, it ran, well, it's... Okay, don't may, worry. Maybe this is I not the time and no, place. Absolutely. It was but clunky. I can imagine that, because young people just do apps, it's with yeah. their phone now, it's yeah. so instant, isn't yeah. it? Well, not just young people. We did bring in are, a phone but, app, but it was certainly not the frictionless experience right, okay. that people just expect in 2022. And that's what you need the money for, is all that, presumably, well, we need to build and the staffing that, yes. and to exactly. build it's, it. It's got to be built. The problem is with this kind of thing, it's difficult to start with a teeny tiny MVP, you know, minimum viable product, which is a bit, um, you know, it, you're not going to build mass usage with something that feels a bit It's, it's tricky, funky. isn't it? It yes. is tricky, yeah. Difficult. Um, now, you have mentioned twice now, this is the easy bit to understand. Yes. Could you try and explain the bit that the isn't so, yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. Um, we, th well... We think of value, or the main store of value as money. You know, we earn money and then we spend money to meet our needs. And that's, that's how we generally think. And I think we generally feel as well that, we, that what we do every day sort of makes very little difference. We might try and switch off the lights or oh, we might try and you know, move away from the car for a, a short distance. We might be thinking, I'll, I'll walk the kids to school and leave 10 minutes early. And you know, there are little changes that we can all make, but we often feel, I think, that we're doing those by ourselves and that the impact is tiny. And what's the point? You know, look at China burning coal. Why, why should we even bother? It's not going to make an impact. And so the idea of this, um, of the, the other bit, 
is to make it fun and engaging and make, make there be a sense of community about making those little day-to-day -day changes. So, for example, uh, one of the things that we could count would be um, people taking up a challenge like having a three-minute maximum shower in the morning. And then you could report each day, yep, I did a three-minute shower, and you would see you know, how many people, and you would not only see your own track record, a bit like, I don't know, for listeners who are doing things like Duolingo, you have a, a streak of how many days you've been doing your, uh, you know, your Duolingo, and you feel good about that. Uh, but also on Duolingo, you can look at a couple of friends that you follow. You can't see much about them, but you can have a look and say, oh, I'm doing better than them, I'm doing, you know. Um, and What you can't see on Duolingo, but we would like to be able to see on Bristol Pay, is how many people across the city are doing three-minute mm. showers? How many litres of water mm. have we collectively saved? And how much uh, fuel have we collectively saved by not mm. having to heat up all of that water to, I don't know, 36 degrees or whatever temperature we have our showers at? Um, you know, we could really start to uh, make people feel, no, this is not a meaningless Uh, pathetic gesture. This is actually, mm. yeah, but I, I feel very strongly that whilst we all might think that we have very little power within the economy, I kind of think the opposite. The economy is the sum total of what we all do every day, where we go to work, what we spend our money on, every single choice we make mm. is reflected basically in, in the market economy. If we all stopped buying Coca-Cola tomorrow, Coca-Cola would go bust. Can know? I just interject just very quickly? Catherine Piper from Future Leap, who came on this show a few months ago, I remember her saying, every time you buy something, you are effectively casting a vote And I've remembered that statement. Mm. It's so true, and it ties in exactly with what you're saying. Mm. Sorry. So. Absolutely. Yeah, no, no. Everything we do, and it's not just how we spend our money, it's how we earn our money as well. And I, I think that's a difficult thing for people to, because we feel very trapped, like, mm, number one, I've got to get a job, and it's got to pay all the bills. But it's very difficult when you feel trapped into basically um, helping the current economic system, which is what we're doing you know, by everything that we do every day from how we earn our money to how we spend it and how we store it and save it and where we bank you know we heard that just earlier on you know I've changed my bank I've moved my pension I've done everything I can to think about my overall impact um, I mean I decided to only work for non-profit organizations uh, back in about the year 2000 and that was for me a big thing that I had decided you know, I, I don't want to be making money and selling things um, I want to be or working for organizations that are doing that I want to be purpose-driven in in all of the work I do and we're in the luxurious position because I, I have made a couple of choices along the way as well um, where I could have earned a lot more money doing a particular thing and chose not to because it was basically selling a lot of stuff that I didn't want to sell. But most people can't do that, can they? They don't have that choice. And that's because the whole economic system, we, we've just heard it with the whole uh, Truss v Sunak, you know, all of that um, debate That, that went on, uh, you know, on our radios and in our newspapers um, for several weeks in the summer was all about um, how do we deliver growth best? Oh, and, and I remember throwing something at the radio one day when the, the presenter said, oh, well, of course, we all agree that what we need to do is grow the economy. And I was like, 
And there's loads no, of us shouting at the radio. No, no we do not. No. Yeah. I, mean, I just think we, we have to think differently. Uh, a constantly growing economy makes no sense in a finite planet. Um, we haven't decoupled in any way resource use from economic growth. They're both on exponential increasing. You know, and presumably that would be part of... Um, this this thing that people could see if they were um, if Bristol Pay existed, you would have where might we be able to see that Bristol is is at the moment uh, using one and a half planetary resources, and, and and if we get those numbers down, you would see the real time data could show you that yes, finally, almost we're starting to get Bristol living within planetary boundaries. I mean, I don't yeah. Know I mean, I, I would say that Bristol Bristol Pay. Um, city pay, if it were to exist in lots of cities, it cannot by itself um, change. No, you know, change. I mean, no. But we need other things. We need mm. things like universal basic income to reduce dependence on jobs as the way to, to distribute uh, resources through the economy. At the moment, you know, the only thinking is about, well, we need employment, we need jobs, and that's how people earn money, blah, 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 and therefore we need corporations to grow and grow to create more and more jobs. And so, you know, that starting with jobs as the basic thing is one of the problems here. Um, And I think that that's one of the... When we listen to debates on the news, and the BBC loves to say how balanced it is, you know, because it's got Labour on there and it's got Conservative on there. And Labour is saying, we're going to grow the economy. It's all about jobs and workers. And the Conservatives are saying, we're going to grow the economy. It's all about capital and investment. And uh, and it's like, "Mm, they're, they're two sides of the same coin, and I, I want to use a completely different coin, if you like. You know, the, 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 I, I want a different framing on this. And that Absolutely. doesn't get heard except on environmental programmes. Yes, exactly. Which leads me on to the, the final thing I wanted to ask you about today, which is way out economics. Mm. Please tell us about this. Well, yeah. we're hosting a... Um, a conference. In fact, it's sort of an unconference in a way. We're not having um, well-known speakers coming and delivering their great wisdom, and then one or two people get to put up their hand and ask a question. No, what we're doing <clears throat> is we're asking um, or inviting people to come along to our conference and register in advance and tell us what big ideas they would like to share. I've then got, along with a few other organisers, the unenviable task of choosing 12 big ideas that will be talked about for 10 minutes each during the day. And then there'll be a lot of open space discussions where people can really think about what those big ideas mean and and how we move the new economy movement forward. I mean, it's called way out economics because, well, one, it's a bit way out, right? We're certainly not going to be doing mainstream economics, but also because we need to develop some ways out of the current economic system. You know, we need some off-ramps from the hamster wheel that we're all busy running around Great on. Great image. Great image. Yes. Who are you inviting to this? Who can, who can go to this? Can anybody anyone. go? Anyone. Any, um, anyone who is interested in this or who would like to work in this area or who's already working in this area. Um, and and I, I mean, it's huge, right? I mean, when people say, well, what is the new economy? What is alternative economics? And, and it, the truth is, it's so many things. On the one hand, it is how do we take the existing economic system and make that a bit less bad, be that through, I don't know, things like mutual credit or local currencies or um, time banking and various things, uh, 
uh, how do we make it perhaps non-profit, change ownership structures, change regulation, change taxation, change you know, other fiscal measures. So part of it is about how do we impact on the current system and make it less bad. But part of it is about how do we reimagine a completely new economy that is based on the commons, you know, based on the principle that there is one planet Earth, there's you know, several billion people having to share those resources. How do we do that in an equitable and sustainable way? Yes, that's the question to ask, isn't it? it as you said, not how can we just make sure everybody has a job? So they can earn money. It's, exactly. It's absolutely right. You're starting from the starting point. Yes. Uh, yeah. I, f- I feel like you know, a few hundred years ago, let's, let's go back to 1600 when the East India Company was founded. And we had no concept back then, really, of the earth as some finite resources that we could one day you know, reach those tipping points, again, that we heard about earlier on, where, where you know, we extract so much or pollute so much that we fundamentally change the, the, the biosphere. You know, we, we're into the Anthropocene now, which, it, which is talking about you know, how it's humans that are creating the current um, era. So we just didn't know, and we allowed this global system to develop, which is basically uh, focused on competition, profit, to, to then create capital that can be reinvested. And, uh, you know, with a, with a, we, we looped into that growth as a sort of necessary way of, of or approving a success. Um, and, you know, and then within the last century, we, we've, you know, found these ways of measuring that through GDP. And then every nation, pretty, well, bar, bar a few, uh, is yeah. just focused on, well, you know, the only thing that matters is growing GDP. And... Um, but we've allowed that to continue even after limits to growth. You know, in, in 1972, I think it was, that Donella Meadows and her colleagues published limits to growth, which basically were following that, that trend. And that limits to growth was basically saying resources are finite on Earth, aren't yeah, they? Things exactly. cannot keep growing. Yes, exactly. It's, and systems will collapse. Mm. And, and we're getting, you know, we're, we're beginning to see systems collapsing. We're seeing massive migration. We are seeing uh, wars and conflicts, you know, gradually increasing. We are seeing massive um, climate change issues to do with wildfires and floods and droughts and you know all, all of that stuff uh, and that's part of what fuels the migration actually the, and, yeah, and, and we're seeing huge in, yeah huge price increases in in food and energy you know the basics of life um, you know, these are all things which show that the system is far from stable uh, and it is moving towards you know a, a very precipitous situation and the, you know what is that what is that you know, the overall tipping mm. point where we say all these little tiny tipping points, they all add up to a great mm. big tipping point. And exactly how that, how that collapse plays out, we don't know. And you're in, in things like Bristol Pay precisely, as you say, are, are sort of an off-ramp off this incredible treadwheel that we're on. It's, it's so valuable. Um, I'm conscious that we are 
yes, I think we might have to wind this conversation up, which is very frustrating um, because I feel there's so much more to talk about. Way out economics, what we haven't said is when and where it is so and it's how on the f- people register. It's or- on the 4th of October um, and it's at St Anne's House, Brislington. It's also online. It's a hybrid event. Uh, we've already sold probably two-thirds of the tickets for the In Real Life event. Um, if you go to bristolpay.org.uk, um, you will find a link there. To the, you know, there's a tab for, for Way Out Economics, and you can find all the details there. Wonderful. I just really pray you get the funding somehow. I think we need to, we need to sort of keep in touch and, and help you do a bit more sort of consciousness raising about this and fundraising. And, yeah, and, and will you keep us posted? Of Just course wonderful. I will. Thank, thank you, you so much well, for having me. Thank you. Thank you, Diane. It's brilliant. tip of the week for this week um, from Chloe Noldrit. So Chloe, over to you. Hello and welcome to my weekly eco tips, a little bubble of positivity and possibility to make us all feel more in control. So this week we are turning stale bread into gold. Don't throw away the last few stale slices of bread. Catch them before they go mouldy or um, just cut off the mould and whiz them up in a food processor and put the resulting crumbs straight in the freezer. I use breadcrumbs out of the freezer for all the usual things, but I also toast them under the grill with olive oil, minced garlic and chopped herbs to make a version of what the Italians call pan grattato, which is poor man's parmesan. It livens up even the simplest of pasta dishes. It's kind of vegan parmesan, if you will. Um, Another suggestion for this week, if small changes make you think you're ready for something bigger, why not think about who you bank with? Try switchit.green to get a green rating on your current bank and ideas for alternatives. (music) 